With COVID affecting so many industries, how can you navigate this new job landscape? With help from the future of work, an in-depth series airing all this week on 900 CHML. Uh, this is day four in our week-long series, and today we're focusing on the healthcare sector. It has been front and center, of course it has, during the COVID-19 pandemic. And as we know, uh, workplaces in this industry have been dramatically impacted by the novel coronavirus. From burnout, to retention, to attracting new employees, uh, everything in between has been absolutely magnified. Diana Tikas is a resilience integration specialist with the Program for Ethics and Care Ecologies at Hamilton Health Sciences and joins us now. Diana, good morning. How are you? I am well. Thank you. Very glad to be here. How are you and other healthcare heroes holding up these days? Well, uh, I guess there's there's an awful lot to say here. It's been certainly very challenging, as you've ar- already identified some of the highlights. And so I'll, I'll elaborate a little bit by saying I think uh, many in healthcare already came into the pandemic quite exhausted uh, due to the conditions of burnout, which essentially means, um, you know, too much to do, not enough time to do it in. But also, I think um, something that's that's important to recognize in healthcare is we do what I call is trauma exposed work meaning the nature of our work is that on a daily basis, we are touching um, suffering and loss as we try to uh, help others. And so I think during this pandemic, um, each wave has been has been quite different and has impacted the staff differently as well as cumulatively. And so I think at the beginning, there was a lot of fear and uncertainty about the nature of COVID itself. Was there going to be, uh, you know, what was the right PPE? Was there going to be enough PPE? And at the beginning, there wasn't. There was lots of worries uh, by staff uh, in regards to, am I going to infect my loved ones? And I'll say that in those days, the numbers were relatively low and and community support was quite high. Those were the days of, you know, the, the clapping of the pans and, and, um, and signs honoring uh, healthcare workers, as well as, you know, lots of donations with food and little tokens of, of appreciation. And that was helpful, but it also, you know, there was this real kind of um, hero expectation, which is, which is really also hard for healthcare staff to, to live up to. And then as we went into more waves of the pandemic, what happened is that we started to see more deaths than we've ever seen before, which is really hard on, on staff. We had to deal with um, policies to try that were, were there to try to limit infection, spread of infection. So for example, limiting visitor policies, which causes huge distress for staff because they want to provide care. Um, they want to be there for patients. They want families to be there for patients. And, and this wasn't possible. And then of course, redeployment started to happen because we started to see lots of um, shortages in in, uh, long-term care, in the ICUs. There was just such magnitude of of need. And at that same time, the public started to, um, there started to be a shift, especially as the vaccine uh, debate started to surface. And then all of a sudden, you know, healthcare and hospitals were were the target of, of protests. 
And I'll just finish this by saying, you know, right now, I think we are, um, you know, as the wor- rest of the world is moving forward, healthcare um, workers are still very much in the trenches. And I think the challenges now are greater than ever. The length of the pandemic has, has brought exhaustion levels to an all-time high. Um, healthcare workers haven't had time to recover in between waves. And as you said at the, at the outset, we're starting to see retention um, and recruitment issues, meaning many are leaving in droves because they're just feeling done. And they don't, you know, they don't feel like there's that things are going to change anytime soon. Let me jump in because we're running out of time, but I do want to yeah. ask this, and, it, and it's in relation to that. We heard earlier this week that there are hundreds of job openings at Hamilton hospitals. As we know, many healthcare workers have gotten sick. Others are completely burned out. Some have left the industry. This is obviously a massive problem. Are there enough new physicians, nurses, other healthcare professionals in the pipeline? Well, I, I worry about this very thing because um, because I think what what's happening is that um, that many are 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 just are hearing what has happened, and so it's not necessarily the current conditions are not necessarily appealing to attract new folks. And so I really do think we need to be looking at how do we make some systemic changes so that we are um, we are supporting staff. We're really understanding the nature of the impact of, of doing uh, um, or working in the healthcare field uh, and, and creating supports and um, uh, within the flow of work and not expecting, I think historically what we have done is we've ha- we've um, we've tried to support staff with what we call um, self-care strategies, resilience strategies. And I'm going to say right now, um, those in healthcare are 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 pretty angry about about it because because you know it's not that healthcare staff are are not resilient; they are inherently resilient. But the sheer volume and magnitude of of the work and of the suffering they've been ex- exposed to has really lowered their capacity. And so we we really need to look at resilience and and supports as a we activity versus expecting to uh, or giving or offering individual solutions to what are very much systemic issues. Diana, I really appreciate your time today with the healthcare heroes such as yourself. We'll get to that better place. It might take a little bit longer than we want to, but I really appreciate your time this morning. Thank you so much. With COVID affecting so many industries, how can you navigate this new job landscape? With help from the Future of Work, an in-depth series airing all this week on 900 CHML. We're continuing our Future of Work series. Today's focus is on healthcare and the impact that it has had on millions of Canadians from coast to coast to coast. Joining us now is Kathy, whose mom has been, well, in a bit of a bind throughout the pandemic. Kathy, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good, thank you. So your mom has been waiting and waiting and waiting for a particular surgery. Tell us about your mother's story. Um, well, uh, she's been waiting over two years. Uh, she had knee surgeries done before, um, but one has needs to be redone. And, you know, typical, you know, by the time you even get in to see a doctor, and then scheduled, and then, of course... It's been cancelled like four times. Ouch. How old is your mom and what's her name? Uh, Her name is Joan and she's 86. 
So how is she coping? What, what's been the impact on her day-to-day activities? Um, she, she can barely do nothing. She can't stand at the, at the counter and do dishes. Um, she, the, her knees are very weak. Um, she can walk maybe 10 feet and she has to sit down. Um, it's swollen all the time. Um, she can't do anything. She can't go out get her groceries. She can't go to the bank because of the stairs. She can't do stairs. So it's impacted her whole everyday living. You mentioned that this uh, procedure has been scheduled and canceled or postponed and rescheduled four times. Mm-hmm. With that, four. there's always some some exhaustion, some exasperation, some mental anguish. How is she doing with that? Um, I, I think it's pretty much even between her pain and her mental. Like, it's not that she, like anybody, not looking forward to having surgery. Um, and this particular one on hers is going to be a little bit more extensive than the normal, as they say, and knee surgery. Um, but she just feels like out of touch. Um, she just sits there in a chair most of the time because she can't walk. She can't go see any of her friends to have a coffee because she just can't walk. And I think it's taken a toll on her mental because every time um, I, I live with them, um, with my dad also to help them out, he's up there in age as well. So, you know, and being a woman, she wants to, you know, do stuff in the kitchen. She wants to make her own bed, do laundry, you know, your, your everyday stuff. And every time she goes to do it, it's like, no, mom, we'll do it. We'll do it. And I think eventually that gets cold on it. It's like, okay, so what, I just sit here like a bump on the log and do nothing? And it's impacting other family members, as you mentioned. Um, it's not so much, well, my dad is there and I am there. And it's not a whole lot of impact. Like, you know, I grew up as, you know, you help your parents no matter what. But, yeah, it's just like. When I first moved there in July, because of them getting older and they needed help, you know, my mom and I would go out every other day, even, you know, a little bit of shopping just for a drive. Not, not, she can't even do that. And she just, it, it, it takes such a toll for her to get down the little bit of stairs that she has to go and into a car that, and she can walk around the grocery store. Lots of times we would just go for groceries pick up a few things you can do that Uh, if she goes she literally sits in the car wow we're chatting with uh, kathy here on good morning hamilton on 900 chml you're listening to our future of work series today we're focused on the healthcare industry and how the pandemic has uh, really turned uh, an industry that has been struggling for years and has really shown some pretty huge black marks one of which is the rescheduling of millions of procedures and surgeries including uh, kathy's mom who needs a knee surgery again have you received any date on when the next surgery is going to be held uh no no not right at the moment. Um, we're hoping to hear something uh, next week um, and hopefully in the next couple months. Like she has to have something, otherwise she's going to sit in the house. You know, it's been hard enough sitting in the house during the pandemic, and that's another thing too, right? We have, Even if we were able to go, we never went anyplace because, you know, keeping her well so that she doesn't get COVID to get into the hospital. Yeah, to at least get something done. So otherwise she's going to sit in the house again all summer again and has to take a toll on, on like, I've noticed the difference in, in her attitude. 
you know, she's quiet. She doesn't engage because she's in constant pain, constant. Yeah. How's that impacted? You mentioned her mental health being impacted. What what uh, what have you noticed in that regard? Just that she's very quiet. Um, I, I, I think it's just because she can't help. She can't do even the littlest daily things to contribute in the house, where before she could, you know, and she just can't. She can't walk at all, and it's getting worse and worse and worse, and by the time she gets that one done, then that's just screwed up the other one, so then probably that one they had be have to be done, but who knows, because of her age, whether they'll do the other one, but this one has to be done. Wow, that's really, uh, it's hard to hear, and we know that many other people are in the same boat. Kathy, we wish you and your mom nothing but the best, and hopefully that date does come very soon, and the procedure is performed and it goes well. Appreciate the time today, and good luck going forward. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks again to Kathy. And that is one of countless stories in a similar sense in terms of people waiting and wondering and living with the pain as they continue to deal with more and more postponements and delays. The pandemic changed many things in our lives, including how and where we work. As restrictions are lifted, can we go back to the way things were? Should we? 900 CHML examines the impact and its outcomes with our Future of Work series. We'll help you navigate new opportunities within the local, ever-evolving job market and look at the future trends of the post-pandemic economy. Future of Work, an in-depth five-part series airing all this week. Hamilton's News, today's talk. 900 CHML.